What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, May 15th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 401. How the hell is everybody doing? I hope everybody is doing well in between shows. Hope you guys have had a... uh, a great week in between shows, and this is the first one, this is the first podcast since the live 400, uh, which was uh, at the Vintage Lounge at Gotham Comedy Club with my special guest uh, from Impractical Joker, Sal Vulcano. Uh I first, before anything, want to thank all, uh, well, I want to thank everybody, obviously, for listening to it and the positive feedback. Um, it was the first live show that I've ever done, and I have... You know, I've been on so many live podcasts, and I have friends that do live ones all the time. I never did the Verzi Effect live, and uh, I got to tell you, it was such a an incredible experience, a learning experience, figuring out the room and 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 how to do it. And and I'm still still learning stuff, but uh, I want to thank everybody who came out uh, on that Monday night. It was amazing. It was so much fun. Uh, Talking with the people, signing posters. Everybody got a Verzi Effect poster. Uh, Sal and I just shooting the shit. And, and it was so cool to do live because you don't really know. I mean, not that you know where it's going anyway when you're sitting down with the guest because you could talk about anything, especially if it's a friend. But, I mean, we just were, were talking about um, not just comedy or impractical jokers or stuff like that, but just stuff came up. Sal was talking about his fears which is hilarious. Uh, come to find out, he knows about birds, which that shit was so funny because uh, a friend of mine in the crowd has a an African gray, and I just out of nowhere mentioned it, and it seemed like a setup, and it wasn't, and Sal knew all about African gray birds, which you guys obviously heard. So it was just... It was just one of those nights. It was so much fun. So again, thank you all for coming out, and um, we're going to be... You know, I can't make an official announcement now, but we're going to be doing that a lot more. Going to be changing up things. Not much with the free one. Uh, You know, we're not going to be changing much. A a couple of little, little, you know, quick little things um, with the regular Verzi effect. But we might be doing um, a live one more often. Hopefully, I'll be able to make an official announcement on that next week. But we are working on doing that again just because it was so much fun. So, I will let you guys know and... uh, keep you informed for sure. I uh, also want to thank everybody who came out and, and the kind letters. I got letters this week from people at uh, Springfield, Massachusetts at the Roar Comedy Club at the MGM. And it was, uh, not going to lie to you, it was a little weird because the comedy room was in a castle. It was in a castle. All right, when do you, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not even joking. Like I'm not even, when I say like, oh, it was like in a place that looked like a castle. No. Like, this was a castle. It was called the Armory. Apparently, you know, George Washington settled there. They always give you that. You know what's funny about those old buildings? They always give you... (laughs) They always give you some story that you could give a shit about. You know, they're like, oh yeah, George Washington, him and his buddies, they settled here and they dropped off all their guns and muskets. Like, look, I don't need to know where George Washington jerked off to feel good that, that I'm in that building. I don't care. You know, really. Um, it was weird. The ceilings were insanely high. And I'm like, how is this going to be conducive to comedy? There was a lot of windows. So on the early show, the sun was still out and you could kind of see that. So I'm going like, 
and and um, uh, you know, a lot of great comedians and and big names have been in there, so I was excited to be there, and it was a really nice new casino. Um, when you think of a casino in Springfield, Massachusetts, you don't really think uh, <laughs> highly of that. I guess I should say I'm not trying to be a jerk, but nobody's going like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to be going to the MGM in Springfield, Mass. You know, nobody's looking at it like that. But this place was like a year old, just brand new everything. The rooms were beautiful. Um, and then I walked to this place, which I said was a castle. And I'm like, how is this going to be good? And um, oddly, when you were on stage there, it was like the greatest sound system I ever performed on, ever. Ever. Like, I could have had the mic anywhere. And I could I could have had the mic down to my knees and I could have whispered and people would have heard the whisper clear. Like, it was, it was this place sounded like Madison Square Garden or an arena sound system. So I got to give them credit on that. Uh, great, great, great crowds. Uh, no check spot for the life of me still to this day. And I'll say this and I don't give a shit. And I got friends that, that run clubs and I know people get mad at this. I don't care. It is 2019 for the life of me. And I will argue anybody this point because I've seen it done other, other ways and it's worked better for the life of me. I do not understand how a comedy club has a check spot. Unless it's a gigantic place and there's a line outside and they got to get people out. Like, I guess like, you know, I guess more of like a, like a bigger headline room that's been, you know, I guess it's really hard and difficult. I mean, I think you could also push the show a half hour to not do it, but these places that are a couple hundred seats or even comedy clubs, uh, you know, that are 150 to 200 seats, um, just, I don't understand why you got a check spot for you people listening. Uh, and this has been obviously forever and ever in comedy and it's just something we deal with and it's fine. You know, I have no problem, you know, dealing with it from being on stage, but it just doesn't make sense to me. The check spot is when somebody's headlining in comedy for 45 minutes, 50 minutes, um, at about 30 or 35 minutes in the wait staff drops the checks at the table. And what happens is, uh, I don't care who you are or how funny the comedian is. Who was it who said Eddie Murphy or somebody said you could be you could set yourself on fire at that part of your act, and they're going to be looking at the chicken wings and the food and how much was it and who's paying and well should we all put in should we all throw in a cart and it turns into this fucking algebra test because everybody is like why am I going to look at this comedian when I got to find out if I owe forty dollars fifty dollars seventy dollars so. Anyway, this club, the MGM, it was just seats next to each other. So it was almost like a theater, the way a theater would be. No wait staff. So if you wanted a drink, you would get up quietly and go to the back of the bar and get one, which could also be distracting, but they just figured it out. It was no problem. And it was awesome. The crowds were nice. Took pictures afterwards. Also, I want to shout out Steve Levy. Steve Levy from ESPN came out to the show and I ended up seeing him at a restaurant and we were talking sports. Uh, and it was so cool, man. The guy couldn't have been more cool. I, you know, for years, over a decade, been listening to this guy's voice on Sports Center when I'm falling asleep watching ESPN. And now he's sitting there talking to me and uh, he sent a nice tweet out about me. So shout out to Steve Levy on ESPN. Follow that guy. He's awesome and he's a huge 
avid comedy uh, comedy fan. So comedy in the castle <laughs> at Roar Comedy Club was um, was pretty good. And I know after anybody that knows me that has a club listens to this, they're gonna call me up or text me and be like, "Do you really are you really upset about the guest?" No, I'm not upset. I mean the check spot. I'm not upset about the check spot. I'm not upset about it. I'm just saying for the life of me, I don't understand it. I think there's better ways to do it than than distracting uh, the performer. That's all. I'll stand by that. We could talk about it and uh, go from there. Also, I want to thank you guys again uh, for asking about my dog, Lloyd. You guys know my dog, Lloyd, has three strains of, of um, all three strains of, I guess, Lyme disease. I didn't even know there was uh, two and three. I thought it was just, you know, that's how primitive <laughs> my mind is when it comes to diseases and Lyme disease. I don't know that. Who knows that? Well, first of all, you know what kind of lunatic you have to be if somebody said to you, yeah, my dog's got Lyme disease, and they were like, oh, so is it the first strain, second strain, and know what it is? You'd be like, what kind of, do you get out? Who's reading about this shit? How do you know about this, right? But my dog is, uh, he's doing well. He's taking medicine. The funniest thing about Lloyd is my dog is insanely smart. He's insanely, he's one of the most intelligent animals that I've ever had uh, just from the standpoint of, he can like read the room to a point where I can't believe he knows. He senses things. He, you know, he, like, you know, the way some dogs, like, they know you're going out when you get dressed and you start going to the door. They're like, okay, some shit's going down now. Okay. This man or woman that I love that feeds me is about to leave and I got to check out. Lloyd watches to see if I'm going to go get my shoes. And like he'll even know which way I want to take him outside, whether the back or the front. You just got to see it. He like pokes his head out and you could see his brain working. We've had two trainers here for this dog. One had a show on CBS called City Dogs where he trained celebrities' dogs that were um, a problem. Justin Silver, comedian. Okay. He came up and was like, this dog is too smart for you guys. This dog is is like, this dog is the smartest. This dog is beyond like that's what he, and then I had another trainer, Coach Mike, um, from New England, Coach Mike, who uh, City Living Dog, who used to sponsor the show. Uh, he came and he's like, this dog is just, he's just, this dog is the smartest dog. So I got to put these pills in meat for Lloyd, and I can't put his Lyme disease pills in cheese because uh, it's just not good for him. And and they told me not to, no, no, no dairy with his pills. So I, uh, I put the pill in like a steak, like some meat or like a hot dog or whatever, but he, he started out knowing, like, I actually think he knows he's getting the medicine because he started out just taking it in the hot dog. And we literally, we don't really eat hot dogs. So we just got the hot dogs basically for the dog. So he started out just taking the hot dog out of the refrigerator, put it in. Now I actually think he knows he's getting the medicine because there are some times where he's actually eaten everything around it and just spit the pill out. And then he's looking at us like, you think I'm an asshole? Do you think I'm stupid? You don't think I know what you people are doing. So now my wife goes, I microwave the hot dog for like 20 seconds or 10 seconds and he'll take it that way. So this dog is actually looking at us now like, look, if you're going to give me that pill, first of all, I know you're giving me a pill. I'm not an asshole. If you're going to give me the pill, I want the meat hot, you know? I'm wait, I'm just waiting for this dog to have us chop it up and put some sauce on it, you know? <laughs> He's going to be like, look, I need a little marinade. 
If you guys are going to give me, you know, a pill and three quarters for this thing I got, I need a little marinade. Let's get some, let's get some teriyaki going. Let's throw some onions on there. It's ridiculous, but he is doing great. He, uh, he's running around like a lunatic, his, his joints, I think all of that stuff. I mean, he's young, I mean, he's not a puppy, but he's only, he's only three. Uh, so, and he's not even three and a half. So he's, he's, he's super fast. He's loving the sun. Like he's from Aruba. He's a rescue from Aruba. So he's just, he just lays in the sun. Like he's at the beach when the sun's on the driveway. We have a long, long driveway. He just lays there on his side. If it's cold and rains, he's just like, you know, get me out of here now. You know, he'll look at the best is when it's pouring rain and he's begging to go outside. And then you're like, you're not going to go out there. And you open the door and he looks. And then he kind of like puts his head low. And then he hears the water hitting either <laughs> either puddles or the ground. And then he's like, ah, I'll either I'll either hold in the shit or, uh, or, or shit on the floor. Either way, uh, I'm not like, he's just like, look, I'm not shitting uncomfortably. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to do that. I am not going to uh, put myself through Another thing my dog does, which is hilarious, and don't worry, uh, this is not all going to be an animal podcast here because I have a lot to talk about with the Knicks and the pick last night and some stuff. So sit back and relax. I got some stuff to talk about. I'm going to catch you guys up on this, all right, and um, and get going. And again, I'm going to have a big announcement about some new things that we're doing with the Verzi Effect uh tightening it up and doing live stuff more. So all that stuff, hopefully I'm going to have all of those answers on the next one. The Patreon, also a big announcement with the Patreon because Jerry and I are going to flip it over to where we talk sports instead of me doing interviews. But I did hope you guys enjoyed the last one, Bobby Kelly, and there'll be more leading up to the, uh, to the sports one. So, uh, my dog won't put his ass on the bare floor. Uh, you heard me right. My dog, I'm telling you, this this is the closest to a human being. By the way, monkeys freak me out because of this. Because monkeys are so human-like. Did you see the picture of the monkey taking a selfie? Or like taking a picture? Dude, there's something online that actually freaked me out to the point where it like... A couple things scare me. Right? Like a, like a... Like a funny clown that's evil. Like in that movie, The Basement or whatever, when the clown comes out and he acts funny and he acts like a clown, but he's really evil. Shit like that freaks me, <laughs> freaks me out. And and like overly clever monkeys and shit. You know, I remember Burr was telling me that he went to this, he was on some island and this monkey was like stealing his keys and running away and playing games with him. Some people find that cute. That freaks me out. The fact that a monkey's gonna know, like, I'm gonna go fuck with this guy and grab his keys and watch him freak out and try to get it from me, that freaks me out. I'm not gonna, that's, that's some shit that I'm not really good with that. All right, and there's a picture online um, of, of this monkey, like, holding the phone up. Like, you know the way you take a selfie and you hold the phone up? He's holding the phone up and he's smiling with, like, a family behind him all smiling. So it's like they gave the monkey the camera and he's, like, playing games with it and it's got this smile and I'm like, I'm going, is that photoshopped or fake? And I don't think it is. Like, it looks like the monkey knows. Monkeys smoke cigarettes and shit. You ever see the monkey in the zoo? They're like, yeah, this guy's got a this guy's got a smoking problem. And this guy's pulling out cigarettes and he's just puffing away. He's puffing away a cigarette. He looks like a 
He looks like a stressed out social worker on break, on a lunch break. And he's just standing there and people are watching like, yeah, we're trying to wean him off it and give him the gum. Shit, it freaks me out. Anyway, I digress. Back to the dog. My dog, see, I don't mind if a dog is smart. I don't know because maybe, maybe because it's on all fours. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know why a smart dog is okay with me. But um, I think it's some, I think it's anything that's like a monkey can walk on its feet, like walk and just grab shit with its hands. It freaks me out, you know. Um, I'm walking around with a diaper and asking you to hug it and shit, but then you know it's strong enough to rip your arms out of its sockets. It's like, a, it's, it's just nuts. I know, I know. Anyway, so uh, the uh, my dog Lloyd, when you ask him to sit, he'll back up no matter where, and he makes sure that his ass is on a rug or part of a rug. His ass has to be warm or comfortable like a cushion. So if, if there is no rug and you're like, sit down, buddy, and you try to do like a trick with him, he'll, he'll start to go down and he'll actually put his ass almost on his heels where his ass and fur is not touching the ground. So he'll, but if you're in the living room or like a little mat, he puts his ass on that, which is hilarious. I got to take a picture of it and put it up for you guys. Cause that's, that's the way that he is. I mean, listen, I like amenities. He, you know, they say the dog takes on the personality of the owner, you know, the, the the kid doesn't want to put his his ass on the floor. I can't blame him. You know, I like slippers in the I like slippers in the in the hotel room. Even if I don't use the slippers, I like the gesture. I like a little. You know, I like the amenities. I like the spa. I like you know. So my dog doesn't like to put his ass on the floor. I I, I can't blame him. Uh, all right, folks. That was the <clears throat> excuse me. That was the fun, nice part of the podcast. Now it's time to. Now it's time to uh, let out my frustrations on what happened last night. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, you're upset about the Knicks lottery. I want to just paint the picture here for everybody that doesn't know about the NBA lottery. I want to paint the picture here of uh, people that aren't even sports fans. So when they can feel and understand my frustration, they're going to understand where it's coming from. And yes, this is my unacceptable. Okay, this is my unacceptable. By the way, great unacceptables at 400. Okay, great unacceptables at 400 there. Um, the, dude, the dude who him and his girl broke up, but they decided to get their favorite breakfasts uh, tattooed to them. And he, this kid's walking around with Eggs Benedict. This kid's got a tattoo of Eggs Benedict on his leg, and he showed me when I gave him a poster. And then they broke up and she didn't get the bowl of cereal that he wanted her. And he was actually trying to take legal action. I mean, that was great. The whole thing was great. And the Vintage Lounge and shout out to the Mazzillis. Great people in there. Shout out to uh, uh, Rory Rosegarden was in the in there with his son Ryan. Um, great people. Uh, Steve Mazzilli is owner of Gotham Comedy Club. And his buddy Sam and my buddy Sam who has the bird and, and everybody in there. So it was really... Um, it was really uh, just a, a fun thing, and Sal and I had me Sal. I had Sal crying afterwards because I was showing him the text uh, to the to the movie people where I gave the middle finger emoji uh, by accident. But um, you know, my unacceptable this week isn't going to be as fun. Okay, my unacceptable this week are New York sports fans. So let me paint the picture here. All right, here here's here's what it is: the NBA lottery which took place last night, 
takes place uh, the May before the NBA draft, which takes place in June. Okay, so last night was the lottery. June twentieth is the is the draft where the best college kids in the country get picked by these NBA teams. The lottery is for the lowest fourteen teams, and they get a percentage on how bad they were in the regular season. They get a percentage to see where where they're going to stand with their pick. Obviously, the prize is to get the number one pick, which means you'll get a higher percentage, more ping pong balls in the lottery. And, uh, and then if you're, you know, you come up that, at that number, great. So the Knicks were one of the worst records, maybe the worst record in the NBA, along with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the, uh, and the Phoenix Suns. Now, I'm going to just, I'm going to make this layman's terms for everybody. The Knicks, the Suns, and the Cavaliers all had a 14% chance to land the number one pick, which is pretty much going to be Zion Williamson out of uh, Duke. He's a freak of nature. He jumps out of the gym. He's like 6'8", 280 pounds. He looks like he should be in the NFL. And he jumps, you know, to the rim like he's hitting a trampoline. I mean, it's unbelievable what this kid does, okay? So the Knicks have a 14% chance. The Suns have a 14% chance. The Cavaliers have a 14% chance. Then the Chicago Bulls had like a 12% chance. Then the you know the New Orleans Pelicans had a 6% chance. And so on and so on. And these are the 14 teams. And obviously you're hoping that the the your team ends up with, you know, you have a higher percentage. Your team is going to end up with the number one pick. Last night, and by the way, in this particular draft coming up, okay, the... Uh, there's three main players, three next-level NBA players like right now. So it's not that deep of a draft, meaning there's not many kids that are going to come in and just change the landscape of a team right away or the NBA, except a couple of kids here, um, one being Zion Williamson, one being Ja Morant out of Murray State, and the other being uh, R.J. Barrett, also out of Duke, teammates with Zion. Okay. So I'm saying to myself... One, two, or three is okay. Anything under the third pick, like if we ended up getting four, five, six, that's a disaster. But we also have money for a couple of max contracts, which is free agents coming out that are going to help us anyway. So we might get stars anyway. This is just, this would be a really good stepping stone. Anyway, last night we end up finding out that the Cavaliers get the fifth pick, the Suns got the sixth pick, and we're going, oh my God, we're the only team left with a 14% chance, and there's four left, and then the Lakers get the fourth pick, and I'm going, oh my God, it's us, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Pelicans, we might get it, and me and my son Lucas, or my wife's got the camera out, she knows how much I give a shit about the Knicks, uh, you guys have heard me on this podcast rant, talk about the Knicks forever. Then I had that epic rant where I freaked out for a half hour saying I'm done talking about them forever. You guys know how I feel about my Knicks. And my wife's got the camera out. And then finally we we find out that the Knicks get the third pick. And the New Orleans Pelicans, who had a 6% chance of landing the number one pick, end up getting it. We had 14, they had 6, they end up getting it. Listen, it's a lottery, it's the way it goes, Whatever. Either way, I said on Instagram, I'll take one, two, or three. Anything under that is a huge disappointment. We end up getting three. And then these fucking entitled, these entitled, delusional, spoiled New York fans. And I know you're not spoiled with the Knicks, but let's be honest. You live in New York. You you know, a lot of you are Yankee fans. You've won. A lot of you guys are Giants fans. You've won. Okay? So let's not act... 
you know, I get it. If you're Jets, Mets, Knicks, I get the frustration. But you got the third pick. You got a good player. It's either going to be John Morant or R.J. Barrett. It looks like it's projected to be R.J. Barrett. Who, if Zion Williamson wasn't such a freak, R.J. Barrett would have been the number one pick anyway. So you got a great player who can play the one or the two. Okay, for you people that don't know what that means, that means point guard or shooting guard. Okay, and that's fine because Kevin Durant, who's a superstar, going to come from, hopefully come from uh, Golden State, is going to like that better. And these fans are typical Knicks. This is unbelievable. I can't believe it. It's like, you assholes had an 86% chance to not get this pick. 86. And you're sitting there throwing your... What kind of delusional, entitled asshole? These are the same fucking fans. I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little... These are the same fans that booed Derek Jeter when he was in an 0 for 33 slide after winning, what, four World Series before that or whatever, some ridiculous number. These are the same entitled fans that when Mariano Rivera, first of all, Mariano Rivera, if you booed Mariano Rivera those two games that he blew, you should not be allowed to be a Yankee fan for five to ten years. You should have to just hang it up and not be able to talk about it. There should be a lot. That man should have, I mean, that, that was the greatest, that is the greatest Yankee and most valuable Yankee, in my opinion, since Babe Ruth. Yes, I've said that. The most valuable Yankee. I know he's not an everyday player. I know he doesn't hit a... What that guy... That guy single-handedly saved three World Series for us. And you guys boo him. You know, it's ridiculous. And these Nick fans are going like, Oh man, I can't believe another blow for... We're cursed. We're cursed. It's like... Be happy you got the third pick, you asshole. We're going to get free agents in the offseason. We got $75 million waiting for two max contracts. Which means we're going to get two huge stars that come to the team. And now you got the third third player. And you don't know how these guys are going to pan out. R.J. Barrett could end up being better than Zion Williamson. Now, if we got the fifth or sixth pick, I get it. Be like, ah, oh, typical Knicks. We had a 14% chance and we blew. It's like you had an 86. There's 14 teams involved in that lottery last night. You dumb assholes. It's unacceptable. Be happy. Not to mention, we could even trade this third pick if we wanted to put a package together because we have other draft picks we have from the Porzingis trade. I don't understand people. It's just that I, I, that's what I can't stand is these fucking entitled babies going like, see, it always happens. What about the other teams that had, what about the Suns? They had a 14% chance. They got the sixth pick. Cavaliers got the fifth pick. They sucked last year like we did. So so that's what I'll say. I, I, I think that that's my unacceptable. It's ridiculous. I have no idea why people would be upset. I said, I go, look, we get the third pick. It's not ideal, but it's fine. We get the second pick. Great, but he's probably a point guard, and we'd have to make trades anyway. And I said, if we get the first pick, I'm going to have a full-fledged Knicks party at my house for Nick, diehard Knicks fans only. Period. That's what I said. If we got, if I knew last night that we got the first pick and Zion Williamson was coming to the Knicks, I told my wife we're having a full-fledged party, just diehard Knicks fans only. Just diehards. Okay, none of this negative shit. I, I would have gotten a cake. I, we would have made the cake blue and orange. Say Zion on the fucking cake. I don't know. I don't care. It would have been great. Would have people there. Would have been celebrating. It would have been a nice thing. Knicks, whatever. It doesn't happen. So, I'm still fine. We get the third pick. We see what happens with the third pick. 
But these 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 just delusional. And then people putting shit on social media. Nick fans doing memes of Nick fans crying, and people who hate the Knicks are like laughing. It's like see what happens. It's the third pick, you assholes. You know, they acted as if we got the eighth or ninth pick. So that's my unacceptable. I cannot stand, and as much as this pains me to say, I truly believe this in my heart. You guys know I hate the Cowboy fans. Uh, Laker fans are a little, you know, they're kind of whatever. But there is an aspect, and I'm sure that there's this aspect of fan in every market. But there are certain New York fans that are just such babies They're entitled. They think they're owed something because they either suffered as if these other people don't. You know, it's one of the most selfish, entitled, ridiculous things that I've ever heard. Somebody being like, oh my God, how much more can we do? Look, it's like, do you forget? Do you forget that there's other teams involved and it's hard to win? Like it's not it's not an easy thing to do. What the New England Patriots are doing, it's it's so when this run is done with Brady and Belichick, you know how hard it is to ever repeat what they've done? Even what the Yankees have done over the years or these great organizations have done winning. You know how fucking hard it is? And to just have this to just have this thing in your head where you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, th- th- it's never gonna happen for us. We're cursed. Yeah, yeah, we're cursed. Because that's what God cares about. God gives a shit. That's what God is looking down at. All right, God's not worried about these religious wars that have been going on in the Middle East forever. No, God's not, God's not, God's, God's looking at that. God's going, you know what? How could we fuck the Knicks today? Let's, let's really, that's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, forget the starvation. Forget the starvation and the genocide in some of these third world countries. And they forget that, forget dictators. Who 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 you know kill families? No, forget that. Let's you know what I'm gonna do. Let's let let's go to the let's get you know what, get Moses on the horn. Let's get everybody on a horn out here. Let's get Moses. Let's get all these people. Let's you know whoever. Yeah, tell my dad. Tell my dad I'm I'm busy working on the NBA lottery tonight to fuck the Knicks over. That's what I'm gonna work on. Yeah, now forget the yeah, forget the plane crashes that have killed people. Forget all this shit going on. Forget that. Yeah. Forget the political divide that's in a nation to the point where people are committing violent crimes on somebody that doesn't believe what to get. No, no, no. Forget that. Let's make sure that Duke University Zion Williamson goes to the Pelicans instead of the Knicks, you assholes. It's the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. And then when and then here's the here's the kicker, everybody. Here's what here's what the real unacceptable is. When I say something like, guys, we got the third pick. We got the third pick. We still have a ton of money to get these free agents here. Not to mention we have other leverage because we have other picks with the Porzingis trade. When I said, oh, Verzi, you know, you're just so positive and like delusional. Like, when are you going to learn, Paul? Why are you just, the silver lining. That's the show. Really? Really? The silver lining? You don't think I'd be upset if we had the eighth or ninth pick when we had more of a percentage to get a higher pick? Of course I'd be upset. It's not a silver lining. You got the top three. Okay, so it was the worst case scenario of the best case. That's how I looked at it. So those people drive me nuts. Cursed. We're cursed. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what the curses are. That's what the curses are. Let's 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 curse a eighteen thousand drunk assholes who are cheering to watch a basketball go into a hoop. Yeah, let's curse them. Let's curse those people. Not not awful uh crimes based on religion. No, no, no. Let's you know. Let's curse a, a, a guy that can't throw a ball through a hoop and make, 
you know, 18,000 fat fucks from New York holding a beer and a donut in their hand. Let's do that. So, uh, there you go. I feel better. I got it out of my system. All right. And (laughs) I don't know know how I got from monkeys holding cameras to uh, a bunch of fat pieces of shit in New York uh, at the Garden. But, and I love the Garden and I love Nick fans and I love diehard Nick fans. But I also like people that are realistic and, you know, they could understand instead. It's almost like, you know what it is? It comes down to people that like misery, I think. I think I truly believe that there are people that love to just be, that whole misery loves company is true. They love to just, it's almost like they love pain or feel like they deserve it. It drives me nuts. And uh, those people never win, everybody. That's that's the point of what I'm trying to say. Um, all right, guys, uh, movie review time. Let's do a movie review here. Um, I saw, I was, I, we didn't talk about this on the um I didn't talk about this on the live show <clears throat> because I had a guest, but um, I saw the uh, Ted Bundy movie. Hold on, I gotta get the. I gotta get the. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it was. I got. I'm sorry. Should have had the name written down, but but I'm so distraught over my cursed organization. Here we go. The the Ted Bundy movie with Zac Efron um, on Netflix right now. Yes, it's called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. And that's the name of it. Uh, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. And basically it is Zac Efron plays Ted Bundy. and it, But it, it's the movie is about his normal relationship with this woman that he obviously never harmed and supposedly like loved and didn't want to harm and wanted to you know, just have a family with and marry and like, and, and then while they're together, he's doing all the shit that he's doing and she's seeing it on the news and he's going, I would never do these things. They, they, you know, they, they got the wrong guy and they keep harassing me and like, they would be literally having a romantic night together and then outside, see a patrol car outside and he'd be like, yeah, they're just following me. This is so weird. And I didn't do anything. And then meanwhile, he's like doing all of this horrible shit and she's just like believing it but the movie doesn't show the crazy side of him really until like the very very end you see that oh yeah he was but like the movie kind of makes it be like like at one point it was done so well that I was like man maybe he didn't do this shit like that's how and of course he did but um it was really it was really good and it like my buddy, uh, so my buddy Giannis made a funny tweet. He goes, Ted, <laughs> Ted Bunny's girlfriend was the dumbest woman in America. But the way that it was like portrayed and the way that he talked, you could actually see how if... I kind of get that. And I know it sounds crazy, but imagine living with somebody and going to dinner and they're just nice and they're this nice person. And they're going, you think I could do... How could I ever do these horrible things? Like manipulate like that. And then like in your mind, you're not going to be like... If you're a woman having sex, romantic relationship with a dude, going to dinner with a dude and falling in love with a dude, and he's doing nothing but nice shit to you, and then there's like a description that fits him, and he's like, "Can you believe that they're doing this to me?" This is a, you're gonna you're gonna believe it, as crazy as that sounds. Unless she just knew and didn't care. I don't know. Anyway, check out that movie. It's on Netflix, and I thought that it was really. Uh, really good and and then and then at the end you start to find out some of the things he did and you're just like you know 
That's scary, man. Like how many times do you, do you, I honestly believe that we have probably, I think I've talked about this before, but we've, you've probably been on a subway or a train or, you know, with somebody that's like committed murder. Like there's no way in your lifetime you weren't standing online at Starbucks with somebody who's either gotten out of jail for murder, going to jail for murder, murdered somebody and didn't get caught yet, and they're just getting a mochiata latte. Like there's no way that that has not happened. New York City has way too many people, millions of people, and you're just sitting there going like, oh my God, like these, this is... There's a reason why all of these prisons are packed. There's a reason why all of these crime shows. I was going to do a joke about that in my act, how I watch forensic files all the time. And like, (laughs) there's a lot of murderers out there. Like for that show to be on this many years, think about that. Like all SVU or which one of them, Law and Order is based on real cases. So it's like, there's just evil shit that's just constantly constantly happening and it's they obviously dramatize it for our our entertainment purposes but it's kind of nuts that um it's kind of nuts that we're we live in that and we see it and, and it's just you know you could just be sitting there somebody take a hatchet hit somebody in the head bury him and then next thing you know they're at third base literally come on come on timmy come on timmy <laughs> Come on, on, Timmy. Let's get a hit here, buddy. Good eye. Good eye. Meanwhile, Timmy's father is a fucking lunatic. Uh, Oh, yeah. This coffee's getting me. I'm in the flow. I could tell. 401's a good one. It's a good episode, everybody. I could tell. You know how I could tell? I could tell because I'm almost 40 minutes in, and I'm just... It's just one of those. We've talked monkeys. We've talked... We've talked castles, you know, where George Washington masturbated. I performed in... We've talked delusional Nick fans. We've talked God cursing the Knicks. We've, uh, you know, the whole deal. So, and, and then we've talked about you being online to get a coffee with some psychopathic serial killer. <laughs> this is TVE episode 401. I can't wait to make an announcement on the show. We're going to be doing something. We're going to be doing more more stuff that's that's really cool and um, and changing some some things. Not, not big changes, just little changes um, for you guys. And uh, I appreciate everything. I am still, it is, what is it now? It is, how many months? I am almost two years now without any political, even joking political tweets, even any kind of, you know, you guys know me, I'm a, I'm a in the middle guy. I definitely have my beliefs on things, but, um, you know, two years now. It's almost like when you're an alcoholic and you're like, um, my name is Paul. And uh, it's been two years since my last political tweet or social media, <laughs> social media post based on um, what's going on socially. I, it, it's so nice, and it's so nice to just sit back and watch. Uh, Alyssa Milano, though, this is something that I got to talk about. All right, for you people that don't know, Alyssa Milano is a very so, uh, and she even says to her to her credit on Twitter. She says, uh, you guys know Melissa, Alyssa Milano, who's the boss? And then a couple, I don't know, what did she do? That Charmed show where she was a witch? Maybe they were going to curse the Knicks. Um, she said that with these, I guess she's on a whole, uh, you know, abortion thing and women's body and all that stuff. And I'm obviously not going to get into that. But she said that she's demanding or asking women to just have a sex strike. 
So she's basically saying, hey, women, don't have sex with your boyfriend, with your husband, she's saying. Don't have sex. Don't have sex right now. We're going to go on a, a sex ban and a sex strike. Yes. Yes, because a child star 30 years ago decided that since she feels so strongly about women's rights that every woman should not have sex and then that way they could have the power back to... And I'm just going like, wait a minute. I'm not going to let some chick who was on Who's the Boss stop me from getting laid. I'm married with two kids. I'm already having a hard time getting laid. Okay, I'm already I'm already in the fight here like every man. I'm already the guy who if we get into a fight at Target, I'm not having sex for 2 weeks. Okay? So I'm going to I'm gonna be damned if Alyssa Milano is going to start changing that stuff. Now, luckily, my wife isn't a lunatic, and my wife is level-headed, and she would obviously never never do something like that. Uh, If she wants to stay married, I'm kidding, but I'm not. But the fact, do you know how, like, do you know how self, like, I mean, I just, these people, these people who, like, make these bold statements and generalize and put everybody and categorize everybody in it, it's unbelievable to me. The level of just like, I'm not going to have sex with my wife. What about my brother? My brother's a 32-year-old kid, good-looking dude. He's trying to find love. He's going out there. He's, you know, he's <laughs> he's whatever, dating, you know, or, or trying to date, and he goes out. Imagine that. Takes a woman out to a nice, nice steak dinner. Or, a, you know, seafood restaurant, sushi, whatever. And, uh, you know, everything's going great. And she's like, hey, you know, uh, you watch Who's the Boss? <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, check, please. Check. I can't. I got to go. I got to go find somebody that doesn't know Melissa <laughs> or Who's the Boss. But I, I just felt like that was, um, you know, that was ridiculous. I really did. Uh, and I'm, again, that's not a political thing. I have no, this is no stance on abortion. I'm just saying the fact that somebody with a celebrity is going to go out and just say that blanket statement, just stop having sex with whoever. It's like, you don't know what other people feel or believe. How self-entitled, how nuts is that? It really makes you realize like people are like, people are nuts, man, to just say that. And I don't know Alyssa Milano and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, she, she could be somebody that I met and was like, this is a really nice person. But like to tell people that I'm not not getting laid because of that. All right, guys, I'm going to uh, going to wrap this one up a little shorter um, today. I have to I have to go. Uh, I'm going to be in D.C. I got a bunch of stuff to do. So I'm sorry, I'm not going to be reading Unacceptables, but please, I will on the next one. So send your Unacceptables or anything, advice, questions, whatever, to unacceptables4tve at gmail.com. That is unacceptables for, uh, not the number, F-O-R-T-V-E at gmail.com. Okay, and uh, we'll get to that. Uh, I do want everybody to know that the, the, the letters and the kind words and all the stuff you sent to that email that you did not want me to read on the podcast, I read them. Uh, incredibly um, nice, humbling. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and tell your friends to come out and, and all that stuff because that's all that I wanted to, to do. 
is to just give you guys uh, all of me on stage out there, and 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 I, I can't thank you guys enough, um, you know, for for that. And it's just going to keep getting better and better. That, that I'm really happy with how the hour is going, and um, so thank you guys for all the kind words and all the shows. People have been writing me after Raleigh and after Springfield and all these different places, and um, I, 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 you know, what can I say? It's uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. And if you're listening to this show and also if you listen to the Patreon, all that stuff is it's just going to get better because we're going to be working on some really awesome things. Um, guys, plugs this week. Uh, I will be at one of the best comedy clubs in the United States of America, the nation's capital, everybody. I will be at the DC Improv uh, for six shows this weekend. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I believe it's one tomorrow, which is Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday, and then back home on Monday. So, uh, please go to, uh, where can you get those tickets? You can get those tickets at dcimprov.com. You can get those tickets at paulverzi.com because we have a link to it on there. And, um, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to be out there. My buddy who's featuring for me, Chris Lamberth. Um, really good dude. I met Chris years and years ago. Also, um, a lot of people keep asking me about the levity dates and a lot of people still don't know. I'm sorry about it. It sucks. But the levity live dates, which were supposed to be, uh, May 23rd to 26th, um, got changed and I will be doing them the second week in January. So I will be back in New York. So it's going to be, um, Gotham in September, and then I will be back in New York at Levity in January. So uh, people said to me they were trying to buy tickets yesterday at Levity. I will not be at Levity Live May 23rd to the 26th, okay? Um, But I will be. Those got rescheduled. But check me out this Thursday through Sunday, the DC Improv, and then you can check me out in Florida, everybody. I will be at another amazing room. I will be at the West Palm Beach I will be at the West Palm Beach Improv. I'm gonna hold on. Let me get these dates exact, so you guys, uh, you guys know, because I don't want to. That's the last thing I want to do is give the wrong date. I think I did that once. People are like, I don't see it on the thing. Wait, I'm just like, yeah, because I'm an asshole and I got it wrong. I will be at the West Palm Beach Improv May 31st, uh, June 1st, and June 2nd. Okay, and then the next week I'll be at the Comedy Connection in Providence. So. All of those, all of those dates, but uh, definitely this weekend, Thursday through Sunday, the DC Improv, May thirty first, June first, and June second, the uh, the uh, West Palm Beach Improv, West Palm Beach, Florida. Looking forward to that, and then I'll plug the other ones, the, you know, the other dates later. But tell your friends, come out to a show. Um, this is the best hour that I've ever done. This is the best I've ever been. The material I'm really loving and, um, and, and the feedback has been great, but I'm just having so much fun performing it for you guys. So come out to those shows and, um, there you go. Anything else? Oh, I got I got, I'm sorry. I got I want to shout out. I want to shout out, um, Capper Network. Go to Capper Network, guys. Capper Network is the best sports prediction website there is. You could go on there, get on the leaderboard. People could pay for your advice as you move up on the leaderboard. You can join contests. Uh, It's completely free to join. All right, so if you're going to Vegas and you want to figure out what to do, you could check out this stuff. Um, You could even uh, draft, do a fantasy draft of the best uh, handicappers on there. So check them out. And, of course, guys, all things comedy, all Things Comedy uh, has the best podcasts out there, the best internet shows, um, cooking shows, travel shows, 
Uh, they did my special. They did my album. They got another spe- two other specials coming out, which are Ian Edwards and Jessica Kirsten. They are in- incredibly, um, incredibly artist-friendly and just really, really great people over there. There's a shout-out to uh, Al Madrigal and, and Bill Burr, I believe, Ari Shafir, Mike Bertolina, all those guys that are just, you know, great. And I believe... Uh, I was told, so don't quote me on this. I was told that they uh, that they're gonna re-air my special before their next one airs. I don't know when that is, and I gotta make sure I get confirmation on that. So don't don't quote me that. But I was told that multiple times. So I think Ian Edwards is gonna be the next one to come out. Uh, uh, if and when I'll say this is re-aired before that, I will obviously let you know. I was told that. So hopefully that is something. Uh, that happens as well. So I want to thank you guys. I got to get ready to do some traveling. This has been TVE episode 401. Subscribe to the Patreon. There's going to be an announcement about that soon and more announcements about this. You guys are the best and I will talk to, uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks.